Hello, and welcome to CDO Magazine interview series. My name is Karen Rhodes, and I'm with Hewlett Packard Enterprise. I have the pleasure of talking with Todd James, the Chief Data and Technology Officer at 8451. So for those that don't know you or don't know 8451, I'd like you to introduce yourself a little bit about what you do and what does 8451 do in the industry? Well, first of all, Karen, it's nice to be with you here today. I look forward to this discussion. So I'll start with 8451 for those of you that are outside of uh, grocery retail industry. So we are a wholly owned subsidiary of the Kroger company. Uh, our focus is we are a retail insights and media company. And what we do uh, is basically uh, two things, one of which is uh, on behalf of the Kroger company, we operate an insights uh, business that helps uh, our customers understand, better understand the customer path to purchase. We have a retail media business called Kroger Precision Marketing. And we also have a venture capital fund called Pearl Rock Park. Partners. At the core of all this is bringing together data and science to provide deeper insights and to simplify uh, customers' understanding of the grocer's path to purchase. Additionally, uh, we provide the advanced analytics capabilities for the Kroger company. So my responsibilities entail the uh, data science, the engineering, the product, uh, capabilities uh, for both the commercial and the Kroger model businesses, as well as the consumer research PL um, and the shared service on the Kroger side. Additionally, I have responsibilities in Kroger uh, where I'm responsible for digital analytics, data, and some of the innovation around R&D happening in that space as well. So I don't know if I, my title is Chief Data and Technology Officer at 8451. Yes, you have a very large role with a lot of different responsibilities. And I, I love talking with you because you have such a diverse uh, group. So within those groups, how have you been bringing the different AI teams that have absolutely different initiatives together and, and preventing that technical debt that happens whenever you see different teams building the same exact solution and creating that redundant, uh, redundant world? How have you prevented that or helped everybody to collaborate together better? Well, I, I think there's several things uh, that we do, uh, one of which is obviously we have processes and routines that are managed around, uh, especially with the artificial intelligence and advanced analytics, uh, making sure that uh, we are reviewing the science uh, that is being completed. We have line of sight and visibility, and we're doing uh, proper assessments, both from a performance perspective, but also from a responsible AI. So. There's a process angle um, associated with uh, avoiding redundancy. I think another thing too is, you know, 8451 has an enormous culture of collaboration. Um, so there's a lot of native uh, sharing of information, a desire to learn more, a desire to understand. So uh, I do think we benefit a little bit from a beneficial wave of, of the culture around uh, collaboration and who we are as an organization. The other, the other area, and this is really one where we have been pivoting more and more, is a focus on capabilities. And instead of building point solutions, how do we get to the heart of the matter and make sure that we're building a reusable capability that can be leveraged for one problem or one business need, but also across the board? So I'll give you an example. So uh, within uh, Kroger and through 8451 Science, you know, we do about 950 billion forecast runs a year. And it's really important when you do that is that you kind of have that single source of truth 
that uh, you have a, a, a single signal around which the organization can rely. And so, you know, we have built, instead of meeting all those needs independently across the business areas, we built a forecasting center of excellence that ties together and creates a uniform feed that is used by our merchandising group, our supply chain group, our retail operations group, finance, as well as the all-profit businesses that I mentioned before uh, that sit within 8451. And all-profit, I may use that. It's alternative profit. The way to think about that is not groceries. The other ways that we uh, make make uh, uh, have revenue through, uh, through 8451 and through Kroger. So we've brought that together into a unified group. And one, what we're finding is we're able to have truth in the signal across multiple uh, businesses, but two, we're also able to achieve a level of scale. And we're taking that mindset and applying it in different areas, and we're starting to organize our teams more and more towards how do I create reusable AI product capabilities that can be used in multiple places, as opposed to answering that question or delivering that point solution. Yeah, and I I really see that as a best practice in the industry. The people that are at the forefront are doing that reusable AI capabilities, looking at how can I solve multiple problems by doing the same thing, but doing it in an open way within within the community. So I love I love your conversation about that. So with all of the different technologies that are out there, um, how do you guys decide whether or not to invest in a certain type of AI technology? and that capability? Yeah, I, I think there's there's several things, one of which is, um, and, and I can get a little bit to what we do in labs and R&D where we're looking at innovation, but I'll start with the business space. Um, you know, any of the work that we're doing has a business case behind it and it has a business sponsor aligned to it. So, um, you know, we're, we're doing two things uh, as we go out and work with our business partners, one of which is making sure that any work we do is something that they are willing to sponsor that they see as important relative to their strategic objectives. And two, that there's a business case to support it. And that business case has to look at and clear two thresholds. One of which is, can they look at it and does it fit within the context of what they're trying to achieve? But two, being that we're looking across multiple businesses, you know, we do take a look at those business cases and make sure that, you know, in aggregate that our resources are going against the highest priority needs of the organization. And so we have processes in place to be able to manage it. But at the end of the day, making sure the business is behind it. And we can all look at it and say, this, this makes sense from a business uh, perspective. And that'll drive the investments. There, there are times if you want to stay out in front, sometimes you do have to get out in front of the, the business case. So we have, you know, an 8451 labs team that is focused on innovation. They're looking out. We're calling it kind of the high risk, high uh, reward profile. Um, that team is looking at technologies. They, you know, they're they're in an environment where a higher failure rate is acceptable on those initiatives. But even there, we have structured our labs to still hold them accountable for an economic return. So we manage it less like a like you'd find in a traditional R and D academic setting, and think of it more like a uh, financial services fund where. Managing a portfolio of different initiatives with an expectation for a higher return. We have a target return for that team in terms of value those solutions are able to provide. Mm -hmm. But, the, you know, it's risk weighted. So you, you can afford to have several big ideas not work as long as the portfolio itself hits the target. We find that enforces a pretty good discipline around one, 
making sure we're pushing the technology, we're pushing the innovation, but also doing it in a way where there is accountability for outcomes and accountability to make sure that work going into that pipeline uh, has a, a potential to achieve business results and that the portfolio overall is achieving business results. We've been doing that for about two years and we're, we're, we're getting a very healthy return on those investments to date, so exceeding expectations. That is wonderful. So uh, I love that you guys have the two different groups, one that is doing the labs and the forward-looking high-risk, high-reward, and the other group that is really focusing on the business and that you have to have that business owner and sponsor. Uh, too many times we see AI projects fail because they just fail frankly, didn't have that business sponsor. They didn't know what they were trying to achieve. So love that. It's, that it's interesting you say that. And you look at it too. I mean, they're very different needs, right? In the case they of the are. business. And by the way, innovation happens everywhere. Innovation is not restricted to the lab, right? So we have great innovation happening in the business teams. But, but there is a little bit difference in orientation. In the business teams, it's about intimacy. It's about understanding the business. It's about relevancy. And it's about solving their problems relative to the needs they have. So it's about deep intimacy. Whereas the labs, distance is actually good because it unshackles them from the current state and allows them to think in a more forward-looking uh, manner, which, mm -hmm. you know, that, that, that if we're looking over the horizon, we need to be somewhat detached from the day-to-day. -day. Absolutely. And, and I think that is fundamental as to where you guys have been so successful is in that separation of those two teams. You need those people that are pushing innovation, but you also need the people that are driving the day-to-day -day business. And uh, I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, there is a ton of interviews that are on the cdomagazine.tech website. Please go there for all of the other interviews. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Karen, and thanks, CDO Magazine. Thank you so much, Todd.